0: While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system. And that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10.37 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 13th day of October 2023. It's Friday the 13th, y'all. This is episode 809 of Bitcoin, and there's absolutely no reason we shouldn't just get right on into it. And here it is, Shipyard, because Pablo ships. That's right. Pablo F7Z, or Z, if you're in the United States, has shipped Shipyard. And it's focused writing and scheduling for your Noster Notes. If you've ever wanted to schedule, do you remember scheduling like a tweet or something like that for uh, 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 Twitter? Yeah, you got it. You you got it, bro. That is what Shipyard is. Now, I'll read the the NoBSBitcoin.com statement. It says, Shipyard, focused writing and scheduling for Noster Notes. Quote, Shipyard is a Noster Client. Focused on enhancing your writing experience, managing your content schedule, and ensuring your ideas get the chance to shine, it's been announced. By at Pablo F7Z. Quote, I've always been fascinated by writing tools for social media platforms, a place where you can go to create content without getting sidetracked by the latest meme warfare, he said. Shipyard will be a tool I am building on a lot. <coughs> sorry, Shipyard will be a tool I will be building on with a lot of interesting features. It will always be free to use because of my mantra of fund the future, or sorry, fund the change you want to see in the future. Check it out at shipyard.pub. Shipyard, shipyar pub. That's shipyard.pub. What does it feature? Well, there's a Zen mode editor. You can write without distractions. In fact, let me go ahead and throw Shipyard up into the view screen so that you guys over there on uh, Zapstream can see it. If you're on Noster Nests, uh, you're not going to be able to see anything, so I'm sorry. But what we have here is a fairly simple in- interface that I've logged into with my Noster pub and private key via Git Albi extension in my browser, and it allows me to write a Noster note. As far as a Noster, straight up Noster client is concerned, this is not this is not the client you're looking for. If you just want to see what your friends are saying and who's replying to who and get all your notifications and all that, yeah, use Coracle or Primal or something like that on desktop and clearly, you know, Amethyst and uh, Domus on iOS or, you know, uh, Google phones or something like that. This is not, again, like Obi-Wan Kenobi says, this is not the Nostr client you're looking for, for that kind of activity. This is a writing, this is a writing portal into Nostr. And I know that for the people that can't see what I'm looking at, it doesn't make any sense. But for the people that can see it, about all I've got for my feed is mentions like, okay, I can see my notifications. But I can't really see anything else, but that's not what Pablo's going for. What Pablo's going for is like being able to write this way, so I've clicked the big button says write you know w r i t e and it's got a like what you would expect a place where I can write a noster note but 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 and somewhere here there is uh where was it oh i can't I can't find it anymore. oh wait hold on, there it is what's called the focused writing mode. And it's a little button inside the area where you're going to write your note. And when you highlight it it, or when you hit it, it basically takes everything away. There's no sidebars. There's no top bars. There's no bottom bars. There's no nothing except a blank screen. There's nothing on it except what you write there. And that's it. There's no distractions. That's the Zen Mode editor. Editor. Now, if I just click anywhere in the field, it goes back to my main interface, and then I can schedule what it is that I want. I can go here, and I can actually select a date and a time by clicking this button. There are for the people on Nest and the people in, in audio only. There are three buttons on the bottom of where you write your note. One says preview. You know what that does. One says in an hour. And the other one says schedule. It, I, this is probably going to change. I can see like other feed, you know feedback coming to Pablo and he says, yeah, we're going to change the interface. But if I click in an hour, I get a, a chance to actually hit a little, little calendar button and I can set that for any date. So I will set it for later today, Friday the 13th, October, 2023. And I'm going to set it for a time of, oh, let's say... 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, what actually I'm going to set, yeah, I'll set it for 1 o'clock p.m. And I need to dial the minutes down. There we go. 1 o'clock. So it's going to this thing that I just wrote, which is what you write there. And that's actually going to be the Noster note. <clears throat> it's going to publish sometime to, or it's going to publish today at exactly 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. So once I do that, I'm going, now it says the little button that did say schedule in an hour now says in two hours. And I'm going to hit that. Well, actually, no, I'm going to hit the the schedule button there. Now I've scheduled it. So the post has been scheduled, created successfully, but it hasn't been noted out on Noster. It won't see Noster for what, like a, like until one o'clock PM Pacific daylight time. Why is this shit important? You live in a time zone. Chances are good you relish eight hours of sleep. So while you're sleeping, you're not able to make an announcement of something that you did earlier that day. For me, it would be the announcement of that this show is now live, right? Now, and I used to do this with Twitter. I used to have it where I would schedule the same tweet to go out with just a bare bare little bit of difference uh, so that it wouldn't be a, a straight up copied note. And I would have it to where it would blast to all time zones. I can start doing that again. So it, this will also support multiple accounts. You can schedule reposts. You can keep a different queue. Like if I like, I can build a queue that is just all the stuff that I'm that I'm going to say about the release of today's show. I can put in another queue, like and it's right over here. Uh. I can type in a new queue or or hit the button that says new queue. I can give my queue a name. I can give that queue a description. I can, ooh, post from this queue every 24 hours. So there's a little bit of templating going on as far as when you can, I can say say whatever's in this queue, you post whatever's in this queue uh, every 24 hours. And there's a start time. But in either event, I can have build another queue. So I'll name this queue q one or uh, let's see, Qball, ball. And then I'm going to create that queue. And then I'm going to do a new queue. Well, oh, it's not letting me do a new queue. Interesting. Probably because I haven't actually written anything to the original queue or it's maybe a bug. This is kind of new. So just be aware. But in either event, I can have another queue that says something like, I don't know, uh, tweet me or uh, n- uh, note me, I don't know, whatever it is. Like, and name that other queue like automotive supplies or uh, whatever. You, you get the drift. But this, this is important. This is an important thing to understand that Pablo has shipped an amazing tool. I love his data vending machines. Amazing tool. I love all the stuff that Pablo has done, but honestly, I'm going to be dead honest here. This one is going to be the one that I actually use on a daily basis. Now, I've clicked that off and we are going to get to our first actual news story of the day. Madeiran President Announces Launch of Bitcoin Business Hub to Foster Innovation. This is from Bitcoin Magazine, written by Nick Hoffman. Today, on day two of Bitcoin Amsterdam 2023, the president of Madeira Miguel Albuquerque, uh, alongside Prince Philip of Serbia in a fireside chat, announced the creation of a Bitcoin business hub in the region to foster innovation. Quote, last night, you showed me the picture of what will be the new Bitcoin business hub since said Prince Philip. The association has been created to develop the development of technology and Bitcoin and all the connections and partnerships that you can have. It started with some guys in Madeira who work really hard and it's open to everyone who wants to collaborate, responded President Albuquerque. Prince Philip then went on to tell the president that he's very happy the region of Madeira is embracing Bitcoin, calling it a technology for the future and an open secure protocol akin to the internet. Philip, a staunch Bitcoin advocate and CSO at Jan 31, has been helping educate lawmakers around the world on the benefits of of nation-state Bitcoin adoption. Quote, we're changing our economic base for technological companies, high-tech, artificial intelligence, and Bitcoin, of course, said the Madeiran president. Quote, everything that is connected with Bitcoin is welcome in Madeira. So Madeira, you know, a smallish island off the coast of Portugal, I believe, uh, has been in the news a few times, and it looks like there is now a competent, building of a thing for Bitcoin and other technologies uh, on the island of Madeira. It's going to be grand. Well, I don't know if it's going to be grand. Is it good for Bitcoin is all I give a shit about. And the answer would, of course, be yes. It's good for Bitcoin. However, getting to something completely different, which has not been good for Bitcoin as of late, is the ongoing bullshit That we know of as the SBF trial. Carolyn Ellison has done, I believe, three days of testimony. And here is what NPR, yes, National Public Radio, has to say about it. Let's see how they talk about it, okay? She's the star witness against Sam Bankman-Fried. Her testimony was explosive. Carolyn Ellison. Oh, by the way, this is David Gura writing it for NPR. Carolyn Ellison, the former girlfriend of Sam Bankman-Fried and a top executive in his cryptocurrency business empire, has long loomed as the United States government star witness in the ongoing trial of the disgraced founder of FTX. In testimony on Tuesday and Wednesday that got tearful at times, Ellison accused Bankman-Fried of being the mastermind behind a concerted effort to steal billions of dollars from customers, investors, and lenders. And as Bankman-Fried's former girlfriend, she had intimate knowledge of both the company and the former crypto celebrity who now faces seven criminal charges that could send him to prison for the rest of his life. Here are five takeaways from Ellison's explosive testimony, painting Bankman-Fried as the mastermind. You know how you was always saying, oh, "I, not, I wouldn't, wasn't able to control it." Oh, bullshit. Prosecutors are trying to prove that he, in fact, engineered and orchestrated a massive fraud. Although Bankman-Fried's lawyers are justifying the transfer of funds as legitimate loans... Prosecutors are seeking to paint it as fraud, arguing FTX customer money was used to plug financial holes at Alameda, as well as to make speculative investments and to finance Bankman-Fried's lavish lifestyle. In her testimony, Ellison sought time and time again to portray Bankman-Fried as the decision maker at the company that she says she only nominally ran. Ellison described Bankman Fried as being, quote, the one who set up the systems that allowed Alameda to take the money, and he was the one who directed us to take customer money to repay our loans. How's that sound for you, huh? Huh? How's that sound? Isn't that great? (laughs) Okay, getting on back into it. Though Ellison and Alameda Research's CEO, she described her role as frustrating. She didn't get a raise when she was promoted, she said. And Bankman Fry continued to make key decisions even after he left Alameda formally to focus on FTX. Quote, I handled a lot of day-to-day decisions and responsibilities in Alameda, she testified. But for any major decisions, I would always run them by Sam. And I would always defer to Sam if he thought that we should do something. End quote. When the prosecution asked her to explain why she was so deferential, Ellison noted that there was always a difficult power dynamic between her and Bankman fried Quote, I would say the whole time that we were dating, he was also my boss at work, which created some awkward situations, she said. Pausing to make uh, a statement and an observation. You should never date anybody at work if you can possibly help it. You certainly should not date anybody who is beneath you or above you in the chain of command. It never works out. It always causes problems. There are reasons why there should not be romance in the workplace because it causes all kinds of problems, both personal and professional, but it always ends up being the most hurtful for the company and the two people involved in the romantic relationship Please, 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 do not consider doing that. Don't do it. Describing Bankman-Fried's willingness to gamble. In her testimony, she also painted Bankman-Fried as willing to take an extraordinary amount of risk with FTX's funds. Ellison recalled Bankman-Fried's affection for games of chance and his tolerance for risk. For example, she remembered how he once talked about being willing to lose $10 million if he drew tails on a coin flip as long as he had the chance to win more than $10 million if he drew heads. Bankman-Fried took the same approach in re- running his business. She described how, in 2021, Bankman-Fried wanted Alameda to spend $3 billion on a series of speculative investments in startup companies. She was charged with modeling how an investment of that size could affect Alameda's balance sheet. Ellison found that a the $3 billion investment as conceived, quote, would put Alameda in a significantly riskier position and make it much less likely or almost impossible that we would be able to pay off our loans if all of our loans were called at once. Ellison presented those results to Bankman-Fried and suggested that the proposed investment would be too risky given the state of Alameda's finances, but Ellison said Bankman-Fried ordered her to go through with it. Wow. Manipulating the balance sheets. Check it out. Ellison described Alameda's financial position as increasingly precarious as 2022 unfolded. She was stressed, Ellison said, and detailed how she conferred with Bankman Fried about the balance sheet at Alameda, noting growing problems within the company's ability to pay back the loans. Quote, this was a time of crisis for Alameda. It was during this time Ellison said that she and Bankman fried began to take even more money from FTX customers to pay back Alameda's loans. It was, she said, the only option on the table. In 2022, by late summer, Alameda had funder, funneled more than $14 billion with FTX, from FTX customers, all without their knowledge nor their consent. Quote, we were in a bad situation, she said. At several times during her testimony, Ellison and said Bankman-Fried directed her to manipulate spreadsheets to make Alameda's financial picture look more favorable and to ignore requests from lenders for additional information. Over and over again, she said what she said she did what Bankman-Fried told her to do. According to Ellison, when an executive at Genesis which had provided Alameda with hundreds of millions of dollars in loans asked for an updated balance sheet, Bankman-Fried suggested I shouldn't I should find some alternative way to present the information. So Ellison created seven options and she said Bankman fried advised her to send a version that minimized the size of Alameda's debts while playing up the worth of the firm's holdings at FT of FTT, a cryptocurrency that Bankman fried created. God Ellison also said she disguised nearly $5 billion in personal loans that Bankman fried and several deputies received. As a downturn in the cryptocurrency market deepened in 2022, Alameda's situation worsened. As Bankman-Fried and his deputies worked behind the scenes to find ways to pay back billions of dollars in loans owed by Alameda, Bankman-Fried was making public pronouncements that were at odds with what was really happening on social media, for example. He claimed his businesses were fined, trying desperately to raise funds. As panic grew among the top ranks of FTX, Bankman Fry talked a lot about how he could raise more money from lenders (laughs) and investors, Ellison testified. She said Bankman Fry talked repeatedly about trying to get money from Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Good God. The plan, as she detailed it, was to use money from Saudi Arabia to pay back Alameda's lenders, but that funding never materialized. By the fall of 2022, Ellison said she and other executives at the company were holding on to hope, however blindly, that they could secure additional financing from someone or that the price of cryptocurrencies would go up. That, she said, would lift up the value of the assets on Alameda's books. I was in a state of dread, she said. Ultimately, however, FTX and Alameda collapsed and, in short order, FTX declared bankruptcy and Bankman Fried was arrested. Days later, Ellison pled guilty to several criminal charges and agreed to cooperate with federal prosecutors. Ellison's testimony also shed light on another incident that could land Bankman fried in yet more trouble. In 2021, a Chinese cryptocurrency exchange froze Alameda's trading account and the firm lost access to approximately $1 billion in assets. For months, Bankman Fry tried to regain access to those accounts through a variety of methods. Ellison testified how colleagues at Alameda set up accounts on the Chinese exchange tied to the identities of Thai prostitutes, hoping they could somehow use those accounts to siphon the money away from the frozen account. Ultimately, Ellison said, Alameda transferred $100 million in payments to what she understood to be Chinese government officials to unfreeze the account which could constitute a bribe. Ellison described a meeting in which a colleague whose father worked for the Chinese government protested repeatedly. Ellison said Bankman fried screamed at the employee to shut the F up. Judge Lewis Kaplan, who's presiding over the trial allowed the use of that testimony for limited purposes to demonstrate the trust and confidence that Ellison and Bankman fried had in each other. But Kaplan also made clear to jurors that an allegation of bribing a foreign official is not one of the charges in this trial. But at a separate trial, next year, Bankman-Fried will cha- face charges of bribery and bank fraud. All right, so that was like the first day of Ellison's testimony. Not all three. No, no, no. Not all three. Because we have some other stuff going on. And I think that this actually came out in day two. I'm not sure yet, but Cointelegraph and William Suberg, maybe they'll help us out here. Did SBF really use FTX traders Bitcoin to keep BTC price under 20K? Oh, Bitcoin failed to hit $100,000 during the 2021 bull market because defunct exchange FTX kept selling BTC analysis claims in an, Twitter in on a Twitter post on October the twelfth. Joe Burnett, senior product marketing manager at Bitcoin financial services firm Unchained, joined forces arguing that FTX executives suppressed BTC price strength. At the trial of former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, as it continues, new testimony paints a picture. This week, Carolyn Ellison, former CEO of affiliated firm Alameda Research, reportedly told the court that Bankman-Fried asked her to sell BTC should its spot price breach upwards of $20,000. This was done using FTX customer funds, which neither had the right to deploy. Reacting, Burnett suggested that due to the scale of the operations involved, the entire Bitcoin bull run could have been adversely affected. Quote, Alameda was insolvent even during the bull market. It appears they used or borrowed FTX's customers' Bitcoin and other customer assets to buy SAM coins, you know, FTT, Solana, and Serum. He wrote, referring to reports that Ellison's firm had a negative value of $2.7 billion in 2021. Quote, without this fake sell pressure, many Bitcoin would have hit $100,000 in 2021. During the bull run of 2021, The price reached an all-time high of 69000 but at the time, predictions called for much larger numbers. Among those was the then-popular stock-to-flow Bitcoin price model, the creator of which is known as Plan B, gave a price target of $288,000 during the current halving cycle. Quote, The worst-case scenario he continued was $135,000 by December of 2021. After Bitcoin failed to reach those levels, S2F... And Plan B saw or himself both saw considerable public criticism while Plan B continues to give optimistic outlooks on where Bitcoin is headed. The SBF debacle is fast becoming a source of amusement on social media. Others disagree with sbf 's motives responding to Ellison 's testimony. Blockstream CEO and co-founder Adam Back queried whether he genuinely sought to stifle market growth so I don't know why he would say that. but This seems to be very cut and dried. That there was market manipulation. There was selling of customer funds. Guys, this is all this is all illegal. Everything about what what Carolyn Ellison is saying about Sam bateman fried and what he did did is as an operator of high capacity who was in total control of everything. To the point that he was able to suppress the price of Bitcoin by selling customer funds that he had neither right to or the ability to sell that Bitcoin. And he did it for market manipulation purposes, which is also illegal. The dude is in, is in trouble, right? But we have even more. There's a secret recording. This from Cointelegraph, prescient jaw writing Carolyn Ellison secret recording offers trove of explosive revelations. The ongoing trial of former FTX CEO, Sam Bankman fried has uncovered a series of explosive revelations in the form of testimonies from former key FTX and Alameda research executives. The latest court proceeding on October the 12th saw former Alameda CEO, Carolyn Ellison testify for the third day following which the jury was presented with a recording of a meeting she held with Alameda staffers on November the 9th, 2022, just days before the collapse of the FTX empire. The meeting held in Hong Kong and joined by nearly half of Alameda's employees was the key moment Ellison came clean about the ongoing scenario with the crypto exchange to her colleagues. This admission, again, this is the recording. The admission in the recording was accompanied by explosive revelations about the financial relationship that Alameda and FTX had. Cointelegraph has obtained access to the secret recording, and we have created a curated list of four striking elements it revealed. One, Alameda's bad investments led to financial crises at FTX. Two, FTX planned to raise more funds to compensate users. And then we have the nervous laughter. As the secret recording was played in the court, the former Alameda employee pointed out that Ellison had giggled during the meeting. The employee suggested this was Ellison's nervous laughter, something she often did when in a tight spot. When Ellison was asked by a staffer at the meeting whose idea it was to plug Alameda's loan losses with FTX customer money, she responded with, Sam, I guess, and then she giggled. Another staffer inquired about the backdoor access of Alameda to FTX and asked how long Alameda had been using FTX customer funds. Quote, FTX basically always allowed Alameda to borrow user funds as far as I know. Are you kidding me? Holy shit, dude, this is, this is just going to get worse, right? But that's essentially what we know so far coming out of the SBF trial and it's not anywhere close to over. But we're over with it for the day because Shinobi has a little bit of a treatise going back to BitVM that uh, I brought to you on the last show. His his article for Bitcoin Magazine is entitled BitVM, but can it run Doom? Let's find out. So some complete autist who is a relatively newcomer to the uh, public arena had to just come out of absolutely nowhere and drop a crazy idea onto the table that we can do right now with no changes or forks to Bitcoin at all, didn't they? How Bitcoin of you, Robin? Readers should probably at least give the article above a try and see if it helps your understanding of BitVM before going forward. Yeah, well, we did that. While I do think a lot of the excitement over the idea is getting very overblown and disconnected from the reality of it, I do still think this is a monumental moment in Bitcoin history. The efficiency level of building things on BitVM in terms of the size of taproot trees needed and the number of pre-signed transactions required is absolutely abysmal. And at least to me, it's a very open question. What types of use cases would actually find that level of inefficiency an acceptable trade-off for the guarantees that it provides. But the possible functionality that can be achieved is actually enormous. Already, two concrete ideas have been put forward that, despite the massive off-chain cost in pre-signed transactions and scripts for inside the tap tree, might actually make sense to pay that data cost to get the types of trust guarantees BitVM can provide. First. A new type of two way peg, a sentry peg, a federated side chain could be set up where the federation puts a bond into a b a bit vM contract enforcing the logic of a side chain, then whenever they process a withdrawal. They would have to feed a proof into the BitVM, proving it is a legitimate withdrawal. If they don't, a set of verifiers functioning as watchtowers could confiscate the Federation's bond in the BitVM. It offers an interesting possibility in having a dynamic where the entity custodying funds on the sidechain has to actually prove to an external party that they are acting correctly or have funds taken. The new dynamic here versus traditional slashable bond schemes is that the logic arbitrating when slashing occurs can be much more complex and is actually verified in enforcement rather than through cute cryptographic tricks or another layer of trust. Second, UTX Oracle. While a very awesome way to calculate the price of Bitcoin in dollars trustlessly with your own node, there wasn't any way to actually get the data into a Bitcoin script in any way to use it trustlessly in a smart contract. BitVM offers a way to do just that. Constructing a logic gate circus circuit to SPV verify a Bitcoin block, just the proof of work, actual full blocks could be fed into a BitVM and with a long enough string of them you could actually use the UTX Oracle logic inside of the BitVM tying the outcome of the contract to that price data derived trustlessly from the blockchain. For high-value contracts or sidechains, that could be worth a few hundred megabytes or even a gigabyte or two of off-chain data for the assurances it provides. Overall, while BitVM isn't magically going to turn Bitcoin into Ethereum overnight, and progress will likely be very slow and experimental, it does open the door to a whole new paradigm of how to use Bitcoin. So, just like last time, send your thoughts, questions, opinions, anything to help clarify your understanding of BitVM to opinion at bitcoinmagazine.com and... Uh, his DMs are actually open. So if you can get, get a hold of Shinobi through DM on, I presume, Twitter, because I haven't really seen him on Noster, uh, do so. But this, I knew that this was going to happen. I brought you UTX Oracle, the ability to be able to find the price of Bitcoin with just with just pretty much nothing but the block data and not really outside oracles of price. Um, but I knew that things would start getting married together with this idea of BitVM and that sentry peg. If you guys think that this is the only two things that this could be used for, you're you're fooling yourself. Now, these are both expensive things. And that's what Shinobi's saying. It's like, look, man, I mean, it's like, how expensive do you want this shit to be? You're, you're talking about actual blocks and and smart contracts are going to have to execute And that's going to cost real actual Bitcoin. And holy smokes, this is going to take a lot of, this is going to end up taking a lot of, well, a lot of computation. And therefore, it's going to end up being expensive. How expensive do you want it to be? Given what contracts can be written now that we have the theory of BitVM. But more importantly, and I think this is the most important thing, is to not even worry about that shit at all. What I'm thinking about is what autistic savant is going to come out of the gate next and figure out how to use BitVM and do some highly computationally expensive things that doesn't cost any money. Think lightning network versions of BitVM. Do I think that? Do I do I have the technical chops to be able to say that without my a tongue in my cheek? No, I do not. But it would not surprise me. Not one bit. We have numbers to run. CNB CNBC. Futures and commodities. Oil is ripping. I'm not exactly sure why yet. 5.39% to the upside for West Texas Intermediate. $87.37 a barrel. Brent North Sea likewise up 5.2% to just above 90 bucks at ninety forty-seven. Natural gas is the one taking the hit, 3.11% to the downside to 324,000 cubic feet. And gasoline is up 4.5% back up to $2.26 a gallon. Gold is up three percentage points, 3.17 to be sure, uh, 1942 and 70 cents. Silver is up four and a quarter points. Platinum is up one and a quarter point. Copper is down 0.6 and palladium is down scant. Uh, ag is pretty much mixed, but basically on the green side with some fairly weird numbers here. Sugar is up 2.7%. Coffee is up 3.85% and cotton is up 1.46%. The only, well, the biggest loser of the only three that I see is soybeans down 0.76. Live cattle is down a half. Lean hogs down 0.86%. Feeder cattle down three quarters. The Dow is up scant. 33,822 is its index number. That's after a 0.08% rise. The S&P down over a half point. NASDAQ down one and a third point. S&P mini is down two-thirds of a point. Now, bonds. What's bonds doing? Well, the one month is the only increasing yield bond that I see. But the 30-year bond is down 0.094%. So why is energy on the rise? Not exactly sure. But all the bonds are down in their yields all of them except for the one month that's the only one that's actually up i kind of expected uh yeah you know, but okay here let's try this let's try this on for size oil is up because inflation is is seemingly down we know it's a lie but as far as the bond market is concerned it's signaling that maybe inflation at least today friday the 13th is actually coming down and because of that Oil prices have less pressure on them to be able to rise because oil and energy prices rising causes inflation. That's because of shipping and whatnot like that and a whole bunch of other reasons, manufacturing and shipping and all kinds of stuff. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. But what's the dollar doing? Well, the dollar's having a good day. Uh, it is actually up point zero seven percent no, 0.06% to 106.66 on the ICE US dollar index. What's Bitcoin doing? Uh, 26,753. So it's basically stuck exactly where it's always stuck. And that is after we have average transaction values of 0.9 BTC, median transaction values of right under 400 bucks. Block times are kind of spot on, nine minutes and 56 seconds. We got 0.16 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 23 and three quarters taken overall in the last 24 hour period. With a point just a slight decrease in hash rate, we are at 439.4 exahashes per second. Dogecoin is chilling out because all the altcoins are losing their ass, which is why I bring you your shitcoin indicator that is Dogecoin 5.8 United States pennies. Right? We have a $522.3 billion market cap. Uh, that is 4.9% of gold's market cap. There are 19,512,511.78 Bitcoin in circulation at this time. 5,239.76 of them are in the Lightning Network valued at $140.3 million. 14,857 nodes, 63,900 and 16 payment channels that we can see, and 83.7% of all of it's being run over TOR. Mempools are getting slightly out of hand. It looks like we have, oh, about 90 blocks carrying, how many transactions are you carrying, bro? Usually it says, hold on, I don't know why it's not giving me the amount of transactions. This is bizarre. Hold on. Oh, for God's sakes. Y'all, where's the transactions? Oh, there they are, 28,910, which is odd, but that's how many unconfirmed transactions are in mempools around the world with high priority costing eight Satoshis per V-byte, low priorities for six. Anything under 1.71 Satoshi per V-byte is being purged from mempools around the world. And we have 415.9 exahashes per second as given by Um, mempool.space. I think I'm just off the top 10 list. Uh, But it doesn't matter. Fat Toshi is my friend with 21,021 sats says, thank you, no, thank you. BTC Jason says with 20,000 sats, round rock Bitcoiners, by the way, this is already too late, but hey. Gather around with Uncle Jim 21, insights abound, dive into Sphinx Chat where secrets are found and podcasting futures where visions are unbound. Set your reminders for this special date at the Baca Center from 6.30 to 8 p.m actually eight thirty p.m don't be late downtown round rock is the place we'll celebrate refreshments on us it's going to be great well it was great because it was well it was yesterday yes it was it was last thursday and i i'm sorry btc jason i i should have gotten this out but some things just can't be helped it's been honestly ladies and gentlemen it's been a shitty three weeks it just is what it is. Pies with 10,000 says, I don't understand how anyone with half a brain can listen to your entertaining and educational show and not become addicted, LOL. If you don't support this show, go F yourself. Bitcoin and Bitcoin and for life, son. I will always support this show, my brother. Thank you, Pies, you're a good friend. Armstress with 5,000, haven't seen him in a while because he's been out and about lately. He says, I'm a new but inconsistent listener. The only daily podcast I've been able to listen to consistently are about 15 minutes or less, like a briefing. I can usually find some chore or easy activity where I can turn it on. I even find myself looking for these 15-minute short shows on the weekend, but most of them are weekday only. That said, I'll bet you could squeeze in six 15-minute shows a week, and 1.5 and find a great balance of news, longer content, and keep it digestible. Looking forward to tuning in either way. Thank you, brother. And we are going to go get that beer, I promise. Fatoshi with 2121 says, weekly news, please. BTC Jason again with 2000 says, love the show, man. I knew you'd be on top of this BitVM thing. Keep up the great work, brother. Dubrovko1210 says, Regarding the war logs inscriptions. One, if there was a reason to inscribe, holding a government accountable is one of them. Two, it took me a moment to realize why it was called Project Spartacus. That's real funny. I am Spartacus. No, I am Spartacus. (laughs) Since Fort Worth is mining BTC, that means that the WikiLeaks war logs are being immortalized on government computers. And that's really funny. Suck it, Trebek says Sean Connery Dubrovko with uh, coming back to reply says also Matt Hill of start nine in this episode of Bitcoin review. And he gives me the uh, fountain episode Dubrovko with 1210 says, hope to hear your voice today. None your business. Well, that was eight hours ago. So maybe he's talking about today. Hope, hope this is working for you. God's death with an episode boost. 808 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you, Steve, Steve B with 726 says, I love the Bitcoin stuff, but the permaculture blows my socks off. I'd love more of that if you're not dog tired of it. No, I'm not. Satoshi underscore Tico with 666 is the devil boost. Pura Vida, keep it up. 12, seven days a week. I appreciate your constant signal. Thank you, man. Steve B with 420 says they could just have used Noster. Yegro with 210 says, grazie. Yeah, thank you too, man. Uh, O2ZX says, yeah. Tremendously enjoyable, much needed. The way you cover things helps get concepts across. My eyes glaze over, but I need to know, and I appreciate it. Pies with 100 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that's going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. We've got this one from Nick Hoffman, Bitcoin Magazine, Blockstream launches non-custodial lightning solution. Uh, The current landscape of lightning payments presents users with a dilemma where they must choose between convenience and self-custody. Custodial solutions offer ease of use, but sacrifice security and financial independence. While non-custodial solutions, although secure demand substantial operational expertise. Quote, the challenge is to alleviate this burden without compromising on security or functionality, said Blockstream's core tech engineer and green light lead, Christian Decker. It's designed to let developers integrate Lightning in their apps seamlessly while granting users full exclusive control over their funds. And what they're talking about here is that they've launched This lightning-as-a-service solution called GreenLight. GreenLight employs an architecture that ensures private keys granting exclusive control of funds are stored by the user and never shared with Blockstream's infrastructure. For app developers, this approach reduces the risk and liability associated with holding user funds while maintaining full control for users. The introduction of Greenlight aims to simplify the challenges developers face in building and maintaining Lightning infrastructure. By outsourcing these complexities to Blockstream, companies can focus on creating innovative Lightning based applications without compromising security or functionality, eliminating the need for costly solutions and freeing up precious time for innovation. Greenlight Developer Certifies, providing, or rather, Greenlight Developer Certificates. Providing access to the services API are available through the Greenlight Developer Console. To encourage the growth of applications that use self custodial Lightning, Blockstream is offering a free tier, empowering developer experimentation with the capability to deploy up to 1,000 on demand nodes. For enterprises with more extensive requirements, Blockstream offers paid plans that expand node limits and provide uptime and availability guarantee. 1,000 free. Nodes, if you guys are interested in uh, lightning node and lightning infrastructure, lightning as a service stuff, you might want to go check out Blockstream's new green light service. Now, Bitmain has apparently paused employee salary payments for September. That does not bode well. No BS, Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin application specific integrated circuits manufacturer, Bitmain. Has temporarily halted employee salary payments for September, ceased all staff bonuses, and is considering a 50% cut to basic wages, according to several news outlets. That's all you need to know. Now, Bitmain has been engaged in several very large purchase deals. I've brought them to you on this show. Several corporate mining outfits. Have been buying Bitmain equipment hand over fist. So what the hell's going on with Bitmain? If you don't remember, Bitmain uh, was embroiled in the no or in the uh, New York agreement that tra- that sought to change Bitcoin out from underneath most of the stakeholders' purview, not asking permission, and we we crushed them. With the, uh, in the, uh, oh, what do we, what do we call it? The block in the, the, the block height was no block size wars back in 2017. We crushed them. Bitmain. I don't think Bitmain ever really recovered from that because they went all in on BSV. Maybe this shit's coming back to haunt them. I don't know. But when you have purchase agreements that large, then either you've completely lost your ability to manufacture the goods and that, and you're not going to get paid for them, or something else is afoot. I don't know what's going on, but keep your eye on Bitcoin or on Bitmain going forward. It's going to be an important aspect of of how we end the rest of this bullshit that's been going on with Bitcoin. <clears throat> yes, UASF says Pitar. it was the user activated soft fork. We threatened to basically say, go ahead. We we actually actually we didn't threaten. We told them, go ahead. And we will not validate a single transaction. We will cut. We will. We won't look at any of your nodes. We are done. As node operators, we are done with you. But Kathy Wood is not done. No sir. Kathy Wood's Ark Invest refiles Bitcoin ETF application. Here's what's new. Navesh Rustgi for Decrypt. Kathy Wood's ARK Invest has filed a second amended application for a spot Bitcoin ETF. The latest version filed yesterday, or actually two days ago on October the 11th, introduces additional risk warnings associated with a Bitcoin network that could negatively affect price of an ETF, among other minor adjustments. These new risks include issues related to electricity consumption, a community-driven upgrade to Bitcoin source code and competition within the industry. Furthermore, it stipulates that the custodian, in this case Coinbase, will hold the assets backing the ETF in segregated addresses on the Bitcoin blockchain and will not and, and will not to be commingled with corporate or other assets. That's a blown sentence. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, co-founder of Collapsed FTX Exchange, is currently on trial facing charges. Yeah, why is that in there? That's weird. I think that was a mistake on the part of Decrypt. Whatever. ARK Invest resubmitted its application in April following a rejection in 2021. This was two months ahead of the heavyweight BlackRock filing its application. In July, Kathy Wood's firm amended the application to align it with BlackRock's addressing the commission's market manipulation concerns and adding a surveillance sharing agreement. The latest amendment only includes minor edits and details, said Alistair Milne, a prominent Bitcoin investor and co-founder and CIO at Atlanta Digital Currency Fund. So they're, doing, they're, they're trying again with an amended filing. Making it even closer to BlackRock's filing is, is the way that I'm reading all this. But, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, do your own research. Uh, where are we at? <clears throat> I need to get to, I don't want to do that one. I want to talk about this one. I'm not going to read the whole article, but it is an article out of Decrypt written by Mattis Meichler. UK House of Commons warns against soccer clubs using fan tokens. That's all I want to read to you. And you're going, well, Dave, it's a shit coin. Yes, it absolutely is. It's a shit coin. Um, but what it dawned on me it dawned on me that um, now now I'm back. Now I'm back. The, the whole notion of the UK House of Car- Commons warning against soccer clubs against using tokens is nothing new. Right? We've seen this before and you're asking why the hell am I bringing it to you? It's because it's not going to stop. And I'm not talking about just shit coins. Okay? I, it, you know me. I don't like shit coins. But it seems that we've passed a point. It seems that Every time I turn around and look, a new way to, for people to start using money that's not controlled by governments is starting, it just it's like a cascade. It's like an avalanche. They can't wrap their minds around it. The, the, like the, you know, the IRS and now like a, a United States uh, House of Representatives and the Senate in the U.S., U.K. House of Commons, they're all, the SEC, the, 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 oh God, the community or commodities board, the CBOE and all that, all of them, none of them can, can get this to stop. It just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. Again, Being very clear, I am not a shit coiner and I don't think that fan tokens for a soccer club are good, but it immediately, when I read this, this one simple headline, it was stone cold clear. The avalanche has been going on for so long that I hate to say it, but crypto is winning because I hate crypto. Only Bitcoin matters. You know it. I know it. We all know it. But with the ablative armor to Bitcoin that is the shitcoin crypto world, it's just doubling on itself and doubling on itself. There is no way on earth the governments of the world are going to be able to do anything but side themselves with Bitcoin. Eventually, and it's going to take a long time. It's not going to happen overnight. But this shit keeps coming. They're going to continuously battle shit coins until they finally just they just get on their knees and beg, beg for forgiveness. They're going to beg for forgiveness, and they're going to have to say, "You know what? we're going We're, we're going to embrace Bitcoin. They may not put it on the balance sheets at, at central banks, and I don't care. I don't need that to happen. I need them to say, "We give up." We'll continue to fight the shit coinery, but we're going to give the only way that they can get people out of the shit coinery, which they cannot handle at this point, there's too much for them, is to drive people into Bitcoin themselves. It's the only way to staunch the bleeding that their departments are feeling with the continued investigations of yet one more shit coin. That's why I'm bringing you this. Because I think officially at this point the tide has turned in my mind and we definitely won. Even if it is, shit coins at the forefront. But there's a reason you keep your pawns before what you really give a shit about in chess up front. That's why you move them first. That's what a pawn is there for. All right, now. 50, count them, 50 Pleb AI agents are now available on any Noster client. Pleb AI's open source language and generative AI models are now available on Noster directly. NoBSBitcoin.com brings it to you. A few weeks ago, we proudly launched Pleb AI, a community-driven platform utilizing powerful open source language models akin to ChatGTP, wrote at StarBuilder. We're taking it a step further by integrating these AI agents directly into Nostr, making it easier for you to interact with your preferred Nostr client. Your conversations can be private or open, depending on how you initiate the chat. With your DM, your conversations with AI is private, and only you can see the messages. We also reconstruct conversation history from Nostra events, making interactions seamless and engaging perfect for role play or more complex discussions. So how do you get started? Choose your agent. Browse through a list of AI agents to find one that best suits your needs. And let's look at one. Okay, here is Lister, .lister beta.lister.lol, and... It basically gives you a list of all of these Pleb AI agents, and I can just follow each one of them. And then in my any other Noster client that I see or, or want to interact with, I just basically ask it the question that I want to ask and make sure that I've got its Noster pub key inside the note, and that's sort of how you do it. So you, now you don't actually have to go to Pleb AI uh, well, hold on, uh, to pleb AI. What was it? Pleb AI.com? Yeah. dot to get to it. You can get it directly through Noster. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, wondrous thing. Let's see what the hell else is going on here. Um, so yeah, again, choose your agent, browse through our list of AI agents to find the one that best suits your needs. Initiate the conversation. You navigate to their Noster profile and Either DM them with a prompt or tag them in a regular message. For instance, at Vent Therapist, how can I lift my spirits? Three, wait for the magic. If you've chosen a text-based agent, expect a, re- a response within 10 to 20 seconds. For image-based agents, if you've chosen agent that, an agent that specializes in images, you'll receive a lightning invoice for payment. Once successful, your custom image will be delivered to you. Here's a list of generative image AI agents, so now you can interact with fifty count them fifty different AI agents on Noster directly. whether you hate AI or love AI or neutral on AI, one thing is clear: the shit is not going away, and Noster is not going away, and making small payments for these little tiny things that we want, like a hundred Satoshis for having an image generated for us is not going away. Lightning network is not going away because it makes it possible. And Bitcoin is not going away because it makes lightning network possible. What is it about this that most people, the normies still do not understand? Why don't they see it? Because we're not presenting it well enough We're not doing our marketing best when it comes to, instead of beating people over the head and shoulders about how they suck because they are a shit coiner or how they suck because they're a no corner, maybe we should say, look what you can do and demonstrate it. We're not going to get anywhere unless we do that. Now, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. And it's a dad says jokes day too. A man walks into a zoo. The only animal in there is a dog. It's a shit zoo. Get it? Ah, okay. Friday the 13th. I've had a shitty three weeks. It's not going to get any better anytime soon. I'm not going to be able to bring you Bitcoin and um, on a daily basis like I have been doing because there is some things going on I have no choice. I've got to get my head around it. And the show is going to suffer because of it, which means that if you love the show, then you're going to suffer because of it. For that, my deepest regrets, my most cherished apologies, and my most coveted wants for you giving me the time to work through the shit that I've got to work through. Um, that's really all I can say. Is that because of the interruptions that are that I'm going to experience? I want to make it very evident that I understand that that means that you guys are interrupted too, because you tune in and listen to the show. And right now, the things that are going on in the externalities of my life demand my attention. And I hope you give me a little bit of time. I really do. I'm also going to ask you this: as a listener, help me market the show. It, especially like on days that I'm not, that I don't bring you a new show. Help me get the word about the, the Bitcoin and podcast out to the wider public. I'm only one guy. I need help. Specifically, I need your help. You guys have always come through for me before. And I would not ask if I didn't think that you'd come, for, come through for me now. I would also not ask if it didn't mean everything in the world to me that you guys would be willing to spend your time to help other people understand that if they want just a general news on Bitcoin show, that they have it in the Bitcoin and podcast. I appreciate every single one of you. I really do. I don't do this just to hear myself talk. I do this because I think it's important for us to know what the hell's going on. And most people don't have... They don't want to sit down and read Cointelegraph, Decrypt, No BS Bitcoin, The Noster Report, Bitcoin Magazine, and anything, NPR, for God's sakes. I can't stand NPR. Nobody wants to do it. And so they don't. But they will listen to a podcast. And that's why I started this one. I hope you understand that. I hope to depend upon your help. And I hope that you will give me some latitude to figure out what the hell's going on in the externalities of my life that are going to suck me away and make it where I'm not able to do this every day like I want to do it. I appreciate you all and I will see all of you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.